Michigan Short Track Racing Authority is Horsepower Happening. Curtis Roberts, welcome to Horsepower Happening. The Northport, Florida driver, Danny Sams III, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Travis Stemler, welcome to Horsepower Happening. Steve Irwin, welcome into Horsepower Happenings, my friend. Director of Race Operations for the ASA Stars National Tour, Joe Ballas, welcome. Over 50 years of industry experience, from behind the wheel to behind the microphone. Here comes Stambaugh into turns three and four. Stambaugh to the lift. Stambaugh sideways, Greg Dolman wins. Yeah, guys, wholesale uh, right side tire changes. That that seems to be the decision. All down mode. Exclusive interviews every week. Hear from drivers, track owners, series promoters, and so much more. You know, after about eight hours of months in medical center, they uh, they were pretty adamant about me staying out of the car for quite a while. It'll be at least my first stab at driving a race car that I haven't prepared from end to end, that I'm not calling the shots on, all of that, all at once. Plus, local news, analysis, and opinions you didn't ask for. She is not going to have any excuses. That is some of the best equipment there at Anti Camp and Racing that money can buy. This points fund is massive. These races are massive. These are some of the most high-paying races in the country. From the north side towing of St. John's Studio, presented by CNT Services, here are Zach Heiser and Rich France. Good evening, race fans, and welcome in to another edition of Horsepower Happenings. Happy October. It didn't feel like it today. My goodness, had to break out the sunblock, but it was a beautiful day nonetheless. We'll get chilly this weekend. We'll realize what's happening here in the state of Michigan. But first, here's some things that are happening in a Motor City Minute. NASCAR Cup Series, Ryan Blaney survived the craziness and went to victory lane uh, from Talladega Super Speedway. It doesn't matter how it was that. The race wasn't that crazy. It's Talladega. All right, it, it's crazy. Even if they do finish with more than half the field. NASCAR Truck Series, Brett Moffitt picks up the win. Of course, our thoughts uh, today go with the ARCA Daytona winner and, of course, Greg Van Alst, who uh, was injured in that Truck Series race. They reported on Twitter uh, that he did end up with a fractured vertebrae as a result of his wreck. And uh, they do appreciate everyone's thoughts and prayers for him. So hopefully Greg able to get back behind the wheel of another car very soon. Arkham Menard Series, Jesse Love grabs series win number 10 on the season as uh, they wrapped up at Salem Speedway. That'll lock up the championship before they head to the event at Toledo, which means he might have some wiggle room to just do something crazy to try to go back to victory lane. Mike Marler grabbed World of Outlaws win number three at Atomic Speedway just down the road in Ohio Friday night. Bobby Pierce closed out the doubleheader weekend with his 12th series win on Saturday. And R2J, Ricky Thornton Jr. grabbed wins 22 and 23 after taking the 50-lap win at Raceway 7 on Friday. He went to work at Pittsburgh's Pennsylvania Motor Speedway, taking the 75-lapper and nearly $42,000 for his efforts. Those things and so much more happening tonight on Horsepower Happenings. Good evening. Welcome in. I'm Zach Heiser. Rich France joins me from across the way. Good Monday evening, sir. Hi, Zach. How are you? Did you have a good weekend? It was a lot of fun this weekend. Uh, got to see some faces I haven't seen in a while. And uh, my, my sister-in-law got married to uh, to a great great guy, Doug. And there may or may not have been some sweaty eyeballs, uh, you know, around the place. I'm an only child, so it's it's they're my adopted siblings. Uh, so it was, it was a beautiful ceremony. We had a lot of fun. Uh, I DJ'd the reception, and we had a great time. And... Uh, even better, Rich, uh, there, there's two levels of beer, free beer and cold beer, and they had both uh, on Saturday, so that was pretty cool. Really? That oh, was pretty man. cool, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't, sorry I couldn't make it. I had issues here. <clears throat> I tried Did to I... help you crash the party, man. I tried. I know, I know, but i got to ask you a question. Answer the, is RTJ having a year like 
like JD had last year, or has he surpassed that? Or because I th- he's one of about a twenty three wins. Yeah, and they aren't done yet. I think that you know when you look at what 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 Superman did last year, those wins at Eldora, I think, are what really helped blow him over the top of the money standpoint. But every time we turn around, Ricky Thornton Jr. is in victory lane. So uh, what a powerhouse season he's having. I I would like to see him go up against, you know, Davenport when he was in his stride from last year. And I think we'd have a really good showdown. Yeah, because I, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I I mean, Ricky won some races last year, but not at this pace. Right. Right. Where, and I, and I think beginning of the season, everybody thought, this is Hudson O'Neill's to lose sure. at the beginning because he was winning everything right out of the gate. Right. Well, then then that house car, rocket house car kind of cooled off a little bit, and uh, Ricky Thornton Jr. definitely did not. Yeah. What a, what a season it's been for RTJ, and as you mentioned, right, rolling into October, uh, this is about the final month to really put something together before we really start to slow down into November and December uh, before Speed Weeks fires everything back up. So, I don't know, man. Will somebody put an end to it? I don't think so. He's still rolling hot and heavy. Well, they got the top four right for Eldora. That's and, right. And so, it, so it's down to four now. RTJ, um, Hudson O'Neill, Davenport, and Devin Moran are your top four that can win the championship. Yeah, and for those 200 who hundred grand, two hundred grand, Zach, for the championship this year. And for those who don't know what you're talking about, right? If you if you forgot about this, it was announced over the off season. Lucas Oil Elite Model Dirt Series went to a chase format for 2023, and um, a lot of money on the line. Whether you like it or not, man, Lucas Oil coughed up some cash along with some other great spo- sponsors. Um, that's a lot of money on the line to race with Lucas Oil right now. You make that chase, you know you're walking away with at least a hundred thousand dollars for fourth. That is wow. Unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. All right. Uh, let's talk about something. Super shoe. We didn't go. We don't have arrest records yet, so uh, we did okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we <laughs> stayed safe this week. Super shoe weekend is just a whole lot of fun, Rich. You've experienced it firsthand. I have not. And uh, along there's about as much fun as there is racing for Super Shoe Weekend is my understanding. Um yeah, no, there there's um let's rephrase that. There's almost as much racing as there is fun. <laughs> and there's a lot of racing. And there is a lot of racing going on there. But yeah, uh, yep, Super Shoe Nationals took center stage at Kalamazoo Speedway this week. About 162 cars from my count off of my race pass showed up and uh, there is so much going on, Zach. We're just going to run down all the feature winners for everybody. Uh, we did get everybody, so we're going to give them all a shout-out. Super Shoe A feature, Adam Terry picked up his first one. Uh, Super Shoe B feature, Jared Blanchard brought home the win. C feature in the Super Shoe, Jesse Van Avery Jr. picked up the C feature win. In the Street Stock Class A feature, Brock Gannis picked up the win. And then the cool one, Zach, uh, in the Street Stock B feature, Tim Horvath, our buddy at HD Designs, uh, picked up a win in the B feature. Outlaw Front Wheel Drive's A feature winner was Matthew Elsie Jr. B feature winner was Brandon French. And then the Zoo Stocks, A feature was Scott Elsie. B feature was Terry Klein. And C feature was Calvin Kelly. So those are the, those are the folks that walked away with the big trophies this weekend at Kalamazoo. Now, I don't know if uh, if he will listen to this program or not. I hope he would, but uh, you never know. Um, rumor had it, according to social media, that Jason uh, Seltzer did set up a golf cart drag race 
by the concession stand one of the nights. I did not see or hear any results from that competition, but uh, hopefully we can get those posted soon. Oh, you th- <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that the results are ever going to leave Kalamazoo Speedway. <laughs> what happens at the Super Shoe, we stays hope at stays Super at the Super Shoe. So uh, good stuff there. So, Zach, uh, Super Shoe Nationals out at Kalamazoo Speedway uh, is in the books for 2023. And on the phone lines now, we have the gentleman who picked up the Super Shoe A feature win. Uh, finally took the roof off this year and got himself a win. Adam Terry, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thank you guys for having us. Man, uh, it's got to feel fun the end of the year. You get to take the roof off, do some special things with that four machine, and you put it in victory lane. It's got to feel pretty good. And pretty awesome. You know, Super Shoes is just one of those fun events, year-end race that, you know, it's a lot of fun. We still take it just as serious as any other race we're going to go do. Uh, but cool to take the roofs off, add a little sideboard to it. You know, they, they put us on a little smaller tire than we've been on for the year. Uh, you know, and change some other rules, but, uh, you know, fun to go do. And one we've worked at for the last couple of years to try to pick up and feels good to finally get it done. So for anybody who, who, I mean, there's a lot of people that go out there, but for anybody who doesn't know, I mean, so they probably are used to you with the roof on running the outlaw super late model. Um, same car, I believe, but kind of, kind of go over what kind of changes you have to make, uh, to have it super shoe ready. Uh, so super shoe compared to our normal weekly outlaw late model stuff. Uh, this year was uh, an F70 tire, which is an eight inch tire versus a, a 10 inch slick that we were used to. Uh, also had to race on eight inch wheels. Uh, there's, there's no left side weight rule for super shoe. Uh, normally we're at 60% left side. So they open that up. So we move a bunch of lead around. Uh, we get to widen the cars out just a little bit and tread width. Um, and then on the body, they're, they're pretty open on the rules. Actually, we, we could be a lot more radical on the body than what we are. Uh, just kind of, we only had a, had a couple day turnaround there from the last Owasso race, uh, real the hammer series race there. And so it was kind of a quick turnaround. So just kind of did our basic. We have a, a sideboard that we've run the last couple of years at super shoe and some interior pieces kind of to fill in the, the deck there when the roof comes off. And so just kind of put all that stuff in for the body. Didn't really, didn't really twist much else up on the body. So Adam, tell me about this event from a standpoint of we all, anybody who follows Jason Seltzer knows about the party side of things. Cause Jason loves to party and he loves that fun aspect of, of everything that's Kalamazoo Speedway. How do you balance that, right? So, uh, yeah, it's it's a great three- or four-day weekend, depending on how long you make it. Rich has talked about this on the show, too. Um, but also, when the Sunday afternoon co- comes around, Adam, you still have to be ready to perform. And I think this is like any end-of-the-year three-day show where you try to find that balance between having a good time and having a real good time by ending up in victory lane. What does your weekend look like? Do you get into the party scene much, or do you uh, focus mostly on the race car? You know, the, the primary focus is obviously the race car and making sure that the race car is ready to go. Uh, we were fortunate enough to have the car done, you know, a day early. Uh, so we called up to the racetrack on Thursday night, hung out Thursday night for a little bit, you know. But uh, come Friday, it's down to business. Um, you know, made sure we were ready to practice and, you know, keep yourself out of trouble. There, there's some, there is fun happening out in the campsites. <laughs> Got to keep you yourself, know. keeping yourself out of trouble during <laughs> super shoe weekend means a whole lot of different things, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it can. But, uh, you know, like I said, our our focus is racing. So, you know, I've, I've not partaked in the, not raced the event sometimes where we go to camp and just hang out and enjoy the, enjoy the races and from a non-competitor standpoint, you know, and get to let loose a little bit. But uh, on the last couple of years here, since 2019, uh, we decided I wanted to win this one. Uh, so my team and I have taken it pretty serious. And, you know, like I said, we take it just as serious as any other race we go do. How is this format maybe – I don't want to. I don't want to say that it is easier or is more difficult than a regular race night. But you get some machines that show up there that, as you mentioned, can be kind of radicalized in some different ways. Um, you know, it's it's kind of a run with the guys who are running in the same time frames as you. And is this event, the Super Shoe format, more difficult than a regular weekend of racing because your feature is that a feature is going to be all guys that have qualified into that or what what is this weekend as far as in comparison to, to a regular outlaw super late model show so in comparison to a regular show um you know maybe not quite as many competitive cars as what we saw at the reveal the hammer series races kalamazoo's three big races this year you know those races are stacked 20 deep of of 20 guys capable of winning um you know this race has always kind of been a half and half you got half the guys are there for the fun and and just to kind of cap off a year and have some relaxation, you know, kind of go out on a good note. Uh, and you got some of us that show up really pushing to win. We had, I think we had six or seven really good cars in this field. Uh, guys that have won races all season long, you know, uh, whether it be in a, a sportsman template bodied car, uh, which isn't, you know, frame wise, chassis wise, isn't a whole lot different uh, in most cases in what we run. So, you know, we had good guys in the field. Uh, the one thing that's tough is sometimes that speed difference, and and they do start that field straight up. So fast qualifiers at the back. Uh, you know, we were fortunate enough to be there. So kind of that battle to to get to the front of picking and choosing when to go and what holes to take and what risks to possibly take. You know, but at Kalamazoo Speedway, that, that's that's no you're no stranger to that, right? Inverts of like eighteen and. That's why I'm exaggerating a little bit, but still, right? Fast guys coming from the back. Yeah, you, you can have we, that. we saw some deep inverts even in the Hammer Series this year. You know, I did some 14s and some 16s at Kalamazoo and, you know, saw some deep inverts, which which can make it exciting. So, so what I got, I, I, I did look up, and I'm guessing, so everything I could find on my race pass, Adam, it says about 162 cars. Uh, does that sound right to you for this weekend? That sounds pretty accurate. Uh, they, you know, this year's format for Super Shoe was a little different than years past. They typically the last, you know, 10 years or so, there's really only been two classes. There's, there's been a V8 class and a four-cylinder class. Uh, this year they split it up a little bit more, uh, trying to even out maybe some of the field there and, and split up into a what they call the stock frame class and an open competition class. Uh, so we were in the open competition class, and then uh, the stock frame class were more your street stock style guys. Yeah, I'm going to take us down memory lane for a minute because I used to run in this event many years ago. And I, when I first started going down there, you were just out of high school. So how long, you, that tells you how long – that was the first time I ever raced in the Super Shoe. And I remember it was up 270, 280 cars. What do you think the difference is now? Um, you know, some of the difference is, 
You know, I don't, I don't have that answer. I wish I did. Um, what it would take to get 270 V8 cars there, boy, it'd be awesome to see. Uh, I think the biggest one I remember of was somewhere around 250, uh, 250 cars. You know, one, it's, it's tough to go do these end of the year deals where it is two and three day weekends. You know, kids seem to be in a lot more sports. I know I missed a couple soccer games for my kids this weekend, uh, because of being there. So that makes it a little tougher. Um, you know, people seem to work a whole lot harder in a lot more hours now, uh, which might, you know, a little tougher to get away on three-day weekends or two-day weekends even. Uh, you know, you see it's it's not all the big outlaw names showing up, which I wish I wish some more would. Uh, you know, maybe it's a start pay thing. I'm not sure. Not sure what all that takes to get a bunch of cars there, but, uh, you know, still a great time. You got 150, 200 cars coming out to have some fun and, the the stands on Saturday night were probably one of the bigger stands, grandstand side of things I've seen. So it was great to see that side show up too. Well, this is obviously the end of the year uh, event for, for a lot of guys. So let's recap your 2023 here a little bit. I would say if, if you were to say what was Adam Terry's 2023 season like, a mixed bag. Is that fair? I mean, some good runs and some runs that probably you would just like to soon forget about. Yeah, you know, overall, I don't know that we had any terrible, terrible runs. We uh, The only track we seemed to struggle at this year, I felt, was Owasso. Uh, you know, I couldn't really get the balance where I wanted the car to be for there. I uh, felt like maybe the last race there, we, we started to gain on that. We were running inside the top, top five there, got to lead some laps, which is great. Um, you know, ended up in a small accident there, and so... You know, early in the season, we started off on a great streak. We we rattled off a you know a couple of top three finishes consecutive, and and then we had some some mechanical issues bite us for a couple races, some power steering issues that we fought through, and the guys at Sweet Manufacturing helped me get all straightened out and figured out what I'd done maybe to cause some of my own headaches. So, you know, those guys stepped up and and helped me out, uh, which was great and. And then we started to end the season. We found some speed again and, and got back to running where we had at the beginning of the season. So, You know, you, you, you talk about uh, this end of the year thing. I want to go back to the, the, uh, this last weekend for just a moment because I wanted to ask you, I forgot I wanted to ask you about this. Um, how about the man behind HD5 Designs getting behind the wheel of a race car and having some fun over the weekend? You shared that to your Facebook page, uh, talking about Tim, of course, getting that job done. How cool was that to watch? Super cool. So super shoe for me has been, you know, on a personal side, it's one of those events I've wanted to win for since I was a little kid. You know, I remember watching uh, Bob Skipper's run one of my dad's cars there and win, win super shoe, I think maybe seven or eight in, in about 1993. Um, you know, so it's one of those events I always looked forward to going to as a kid, you know, watch my brother race in it, uh, watching different guys get my dad's cars at the end of the year to try to go, go win the super shoe, you know? So for me, it was always kind of one of the big events I really looked forward to. Uh, I raced it pretty hard, you know, when I, when I was coming up, like you said, when I was coming out in end of high school and then just out of high school, an event I looked forward to. Um, and then I took a few years off, didn't really, didn't really want to go do it. I wasn't in the mood to do the end of the year thing. And so Tim at HD five there, him, uh, him, my dad and I were talking and he asked if he could 
could wheel a car that we had, a big old street stock, uh, actually full enduro car. Yeah, that thing is a and, boat, man. Watching the video of that thing, it's like, how in the world is that thing quick? <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty cool. So he started back, you know, 11 years ago. I think we ran our first super shoe together with him just to have some fun. And, boy, it's been just a lot of laughs and memories over the years. And uh, a couple years ago, about five years ago, we blew the motor up in it at Super Shoe and just kind of parked it so that we don't have a motor for it, you know. Don't really know that if we'll do it again or not. And it just sat there. And then this summer, my dad, dad and I were talking. And he said, hey, you know, I think we ought to probably do this again. You know, that was a lot of fun with let, let's do it. And so uh, he had a motor ready for it and put that in and a couple guys, Clyde, CJ Milliken and Brandon Hollis. And they, you know, they put some hours in helping get it ready. And Brian Woodall, you know, gave a hand at the shop, getting this thing turned around for Tim and getting my own stuff turned over. And, uh, you know, all with the goal of going out to have some fun. We want to be competitive with it, but the big deal on that one is, you know, it's not a race car. It, it truly is a an enduro car that we had built when the big v8 enduros were something you know so it's uh, no coil adjusters in it no spring adjusters in it 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 kind of is what it is you know it's 3400 pounds of, of steel so was that to see him get out there and and get a victory was was really truly special was that tim's first that was i believe his first feature win wow and and so cool so. too because I think about guys like you and Tim, and, and there's so many others that we could never name off who give back to the sport, right? I mean, obviously, you and Tim have businesses, but you also help these drivers in ways that you can. Um, what was that What was that celebration, that emotion like for him to kind of get to flip that coin a little bit and, and him be the one driving and everybody kind of rooting him on and you being in that role, too, because obviously uh, it being your car. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, like I said, that deals together to have some fun and and create some laughs and make some good memories. And, you know, this weekend, boy, it couldn't have gone a whole lot better for our group there with uh, Brock Gannis' street stock. Is, yeah, that's right. Is one of our family cars they maintain out of their garage, and Brock does all the work on it. And, you know, he picked up the, the stock frame class fast time and heat win and feature win. Uh, so to see him sweep the weekend is pretty special. You know, uh, just just overall a super cool weekend for for our group of guys, the guys we support and help, and you know, a bunch of our friends there running well and getting good finishes, and so. And, and that's kind of a role too. I wanted to ask you about. It, it, it's a perfect segue. Is with that with the Duco performance and and the you know the development and engineering shop side of things where you guys are helping people. Um, that role for you is kind of changing and expanding as the years go on, Adam, where you're not just the driver who, who is representing those businesses. Now you're the, the guy who's being represented by other race car drivers. And, and now you're, you've got more and more people under that banner that you're rooting for. And, you know, whether it's somebody who's driving a house car or whether it's just somebody who you've helped with equipment or financial support, how has that grown for you to where you've got more drivers out there who you're kind of watching, rooting for, paying attention, who are trying to do a good thing for your name? Yeah, you know, it's certainly changed over the years. Uh, certainly root for anybody that's running our products that we make through the Duco Performance line, you know, and, and there to help any one of those guys is with anything of our products, you know. Um, love seeing our name out there. Love seeing our, our parts being run and in victory lane or just at the track, right? 
every, every bit of that means a lot to us and, you know, supporting friends and guys with kids that are coming up working hard. We're, we're involved with kids in quarter midgets and go-karts, um, you know, and trying to, trying to support their efforts, you know, to raise that next batch of racers. The sport needs a lot of support to continue on and, and be healthy and be successful. So, you know, we're going to do what our small part that we can to keep some of that alive and going. And uh, at the same time, you know, sometimes it's not any money or anything more than just cheering and congratulating those guys that, that help us. So, Adam, you and I, we, we usually run into each other a few times throughout the summer uh, when you show up and outlaw on this side of the state. And I got to ask, is there a point where it affects your program that you're helping all, everybody else? Is, do you, is it getting harder and harder to find time to get your stuff ready? No, I'm, I'm pretty selfish when it comes to getting my program ready. I, you know, uh, I've surrounded myself with I said, a great group of guys that are willing to dedicate time and efforts into my shop. You know, the, the only thing that comes before my racing is my businesses to make sure they're successful uh, in my family. So, you know, as long as those things are going smooth and good, then, then the, time, the race cars get the attention they need. Uh, like I said, with Brock Gannis and his efforts, uh, you know, that, that's all them. Uh, we, we provide them some equipment and some support there, but, uh, you know, beyond that, it's, it's not a, a major time involvement unless we're going to hang out at the track and, and support them in that sort of role. Um, you know, so that, that's kind of it. We kind of balance out to what we can do for time and what we can do for other efforts to help guys programs. But, you know, at the same time, making sure our programs at the top as well. So let's do, let's, this is infomercial time, man. We're going to give you a deal here. So free advertising. Um, anybody who doesn't know, kind of explains, and maybe we can get you some more customers. What does Duco Performance do and what kind of products you guys provide? Uh, so Duco Performance is the manufacturer of air jacks for late models, modified, um, anything like that. The option to make your crew guy's life a little easier. Uh, they mount on the car, plug in air, up the car goes, not not having to jack the car up and all that. So, uh, you know, also make a bunch of other suspension components and, and more stuff like that. Uh, so, and, and, and for dirt fans and dirt drivers, this is like the answer also to a pit lift because you don't have to try to line the car up over it. You don't have to uh, wonder if you're going to have it square enough on there that the car is going to fall off the pit lift. Uh, these literally are, and Adam, if I don't do a good job des- describing this, please fix it. I would say these are literally like four-post jack stands that just bloop, come right out of the car when you hook the air nozzle up to it, turn the lever, shoop, your car goes up in the air, and there it is. Uh, I think that's, that's absolutely correct. Do you have yep. this? Do you have absolutely the science? Correct. Do you have the science manufactured down to where this can work uh, on on you know surfaces that aren't paved? Like, could a dirt guy take this and put them on his car? Absolutely. Uh, Kurt Spalding runs them on his car on his dirt modified. Uh, David Stremme with Lethal Chassis has them on his car and on several of his customer cars. So we've got some stuff that helps make that possible on, uh, if you're not fitted on the nicest of pits and which sometimes happens at, at some tracks. So yeah, for sure, man. All right. And I want to oh, go, go ahead and tell you the first time I'd ever seen this, it was at flat rock speedway and, um, and Adam Bobby Blount showed up with his car. And I think, I think he built those cars with him cause he's had them forever and I, and I was standing there, and I watched this car just go up, and I thought 
I was out of my mind. <laughs> what I didn't just happened? Well, nobody was, there wasn't anybody trying to jack anything up, and this car was going up in the air all by itself. It's pretty convenient. Yep, and Bobby they go was one of the quick. first customers of them. I, I'm always surprised at how quick they go up at them. Like, just you put a little air to them, and roop, roop, there it is. It's it's up on, on pegs. Yeah. So yep, cool. and actually most guys, I'd say, control the lift uh, with the valve that we have on it versus just giving it all the air at one shot. You hit it hard enough, and you'll watch the car jump just a little bit. So. <laughs> oh, man. It's like, uh, what are those those uh, those low riders that they bounce up and down at those competitions? You know, it could end up being something like that. Yeah. I want to talk a little yeah. bit about, uh, we, and we've done this a couple times, Adam, but I think it's important to keep doing it because there's a little momentum right now with Outlaw Super Late Models, and uh, with the change at Kalamazoo, you had a chance to race around a little bit more. The amount of money that you guys raced for this year, and, and Rich, we've documented it uh, because of your fandom for, for Outlaw Super Late Models, and mine too as it continues to grow. There was some serious cash put on the line this year, and, and I don't want it to just be the Owasso Speedway discussion because Reveal the Hammer did a great job, Summer Sizzler did a great job, Plymouth did a great job. Um, these racetracks in the, in the uh, Great Lakes region, Adam, were just throwing the cash at the Outlaw Super Late Models. Something that we as Horsepower Happenings thinks needed to happen, and the other thing that happened was we didn't have a ton of events that overlapped with each other. We saw some damn good car counts this summer too. Boy, the the outlaws in the scene this year, the racetracks, in my opinion, did an absolutely incredible job of, of kind of putting together a schedule for us, uh, even though they weren't necessarily all working together, running under a series. Uh, there weren't many weeks that back-to-back, you know, Friday-Saturday type races or two events on the same day. Uh, Plymouth Speedway, with the last two two years of their Grand Slam series, has shown their dedication and support of outlaw racing. And that's truly been awesome to see. They've been getting, you know, good car counts for all their events. Um, Kalamazoo Speedway, you know, and knocking us off the, the weekly list, but putting up great money for the, for their big events. They were aimed for four of them. Can we, park, uh, unfortunately, can we park right there for took a one of those out. I want to ask you about that double edged sword to not be weekly at Kalamazoo anymore, or a good move for everybody involved? Uh, it's, it's a tough move, right? It's, right? it's understandable. Guys like myself, we're, we're itching, I think, to do a little traveling. Uh, I think it'd be awfully tough to, to compete with a, with a full-blown outlaw weekly program going up against uh, some of the traveling money that's available. I know Flat Rock did it, and they had great car counts every week. Uh, looked like they averaged somewhere around 18 car count, 18 a night up there you know, of, of their guys, which is great to see a, a track still being able to pull in some weekly guys. But even um, Flat Rocks Weekly, right, Rich? Flat Rocks Weekly was not weekly. It was, you know, what was there? Was there eight or nine dates this year? Yeah, yeah, I think it – and then there was a rain out, I think. But, but that, and that's the difference. The guys – and Adam can, can attest to this. Most of the guys that go to Flat Rock every week aren't your travel guys. Right. They don't, you don't see a lot of those guys at a hammer race or up at, or, or up at a Wasso. I mean, Connor Zabosian went up there, you know, a couple weeks ago, but that's about it. You don't see the rest of the guys leaving. Just like you don't see a lot of the travel, a lot of the travel guys who used to that come to flat rock for the Stanley Memorial and the, and the joy fair, the travel guys don't, not as many come in for that race. Right, Adam. 
And I, I think, too. Yeah, and I, I had both of those highlighted on yeah. my schedule to, to get to this year. And uh, just with the way, I think we had some bad luck kind of the week before one of those, and it was just time for a weekend off. And, uh, you know, just the way my schedule worked, I wasn't able to get there for either their, their big, uh, you know, big major races and certainly something we'd like to try to do next year if it fits the schedule. You know, I'm a guy that uh, I really believe in order for our sport to, in our class to be successful, you know, us as racers sometimes have to do our job to show up to races uh, that we're maybe not the favorite at to say, um, you know, every once in a while you got to show up at a race going, oh, you know, maybe we'll learn something today. We'll try something different, see if we can hit on something. Um, you know, the guys at New Paris did a, did a great job this year. They threw a race together towards the beginning, at the beginning of the season there that, you know, quite honestly, I don't know if it had a, had a lot of coverage before it happened, but boy, they put up great money for their first one. And, you know, that was kind of one of those same deals. I, I, it wasn't on my original schedule and I wasn't quite ready to be there, you know, and you know, we, we busted pretty hard in the shop to make sure we were ready for there because those guys gave us uh, no reasons not to show up. I guess I'd say that. So, I, you know. Talking about the schedule, um, maybe you can comment on it because there's a super late model race, which will be the fastest outlaw super late model race coming up this weekend. And I am nervous there aren't going to be a ton of outlaws showing up at Toledo. Yeah, and that's... Uh, that's that's certainly one I won't be able to make this year. Uh, some prior commitments to to my family. Um, I, Toledo you think is it's a too late place, in the year for that. Know? You think it's too late in the year for that race, or what do you think? I'm I know not sure. Been, I, I, I know, you know we've been my, having trouble getting cars down there. You know, for for several years now. Yeah, we we did a couple races there. You know, it's a tough place. It takes a little different package than what we we're used to using everywhere. Um, although I think maybe some guys are getting a little more having the equipment to go there, you know, Owasso's taking some horsepower this year. Um, so maybe there are some motor programs are stepped up a little bit. That'll help out. Uh, you know, it's always that, that tough, that tough choice of, do we, do we run weekly? Do we not? I think when you start cutting races out down to once a year and you're a, a track that requires some special equipment, you know, then maybe it uh, it hurts your car counts a little bit. But I certainly hope some guys show up to that and can can keep that race around at least one more year for us, and maybe a better group of us will show up to support them. Adam, I want to go back uh, because we haven't really taken a time to exclusively talk to you in a couple of seasons. Um, so I want to go back to August of 2022. You get a uh, opportunity to help another race car driver out. Talking about Kevin Sauer. And uh, he takes your race car, gets ready to go out there and, and put on a show. And then the absolute worst thing that can ever happen to a race car driver, probably one of the most scary things that can happen to a race car driver happens. Uh, that car does not woe up going into the corner and just absolutely pancakes the wall. Um, as we all know, Kevin's able to walk away from that from that crash. But man, oh man, you look at the pictures. And I just looked at him again today getting ready for this interview. And it still makes your heart drop to look at that race car. Um, were you there for that crash? Did you see it happen? And what was it like when you looked at the race car and then saw that Kevin walked away? Kind of what were those thoughts and emotions like? So I was not there that day. Um, that was the rain out makeup date for the summer sizzler of 22 down at new Paris. Um, 
so we had just pulled into the racetrack there when somebody uh, approached the approached the car to give us the news and uh first thing that happened is actually my dad had drove separate uh told him the news and said hey you need to head that way and make sure kevin's okay and i'll handle things on this end so um you know our first thoughts were obviously boy is kevin okay um heard it got pretty scary over there for a minute and you know glad glad kevin ended up okay that that's the only real concern coming out of that deal the cars i've i've certainly tore up my fair share of them uh fortunately not in the last couple of years but you know I've, I've had some pretty violent wrecks and uh you know throwing equipment away is one thing getting rid of some steel is one thing uh driver safety is is certainly the utmost importance and now this car you guys take back to the shop and I remember this very clearly. The first the first picture I saw of this was when Jason Seltzer shared it, and he said, Adam Terry builds some damn safe race cars. Um, yes, that was proven. But when you guys took that back and, and, and you analyzed it, I, I'm sure that you guys R&D your, your wrecked race cars too to see what worked and what failed. Um, were even you guys a little surprised that Kevin was able to walk away from that accident with, with the way that that car crumpled and just how bad it, it wrecked that car? You know, looking at that car, that's a Seneca Performance chassis, and that, that's where the credit goes. Um, there were a lot of things that crumpled and folded, and the cockpit wasn't one of them. The, the driver's shell uh, there held up and, and did its job, you know. Uh, the, the stuff we added certainly didn't hurt anything, you know, a couple little things that I'm really glad that car had. Um, keep some stuff safe and keep Kevin safe, you know, but uh, – the, the way stuff folded and hey that's not always a bad thing you have some crumple zone you know you watch indy cars wreck and you watch suspension pieces disintegrate and side pods disintegrate and the drivers are okay because the energy didn't get to them so uh you know it's an important balance there uh so hats off to, to seneca terry seneca and his crew at seneca performance for for keeping us in safe race cars. Did anybody happen to keep that tin can or did it go, uh, did it go down the road? Uh, funny enough, parts and pieces of that car made its way back into, uh, that big Chevy Monte Carlo that Tim Horvath <laughs> was driving this year. Uh, it got some up, it got some updated gauges and, uh, an ignition box out of that car. And that's probably uh, all that was a left. Other, <laughs> a couple other small pieces, you know, that, that are good for that kind of stuff. But, uh, with the money on the line and the way the outlaw stuff was this year, you know, boy, you can't take chances on, on a small part failure. So, you know, that stuff kind of sat on the shelf till it found a home in kind of a side project. So. Well, Adam, before we let you go, man, once again, congratulations this weekend, uh, picking up the big win at the super shoe nationals. Uh, now, now we got to give you your shout out. You know, we know you got Duco performance on the side, but there's a lot of people that help you out. Uh, at the racetrack and get you down the road. Now's your chance to give them a shout out, man. Yeah, so some some businesses that helped me: GT Products, uh, Duco Performance, Five Star Performance Bodies, uh, helping us with the nose and making the cars look sharp all year on that end of things. Uh, Horvath Design with HD Five does all the graphics, keep us looking good. Braswell Carburetors, uh, AP Performance, AP Racing Engines out of Canada. Uh, he provides all the power for us and looking forward to, to next year's power as well. Uh, Lane Automotive, all-star performance. Can't say enough about what those guys do for, for racing and motorsports in general. Uh, finish line 
landscape management and Brandon Hollis, he, he jumped on board the last couple of years here and man, that guy just puts his hours in with me in the shop and he's got a pretty good drive to come do it. And he's become one of my best friends. So that's uh you know, great to get, get him on board and race with him. Uh, CCM welding and powder coating, uh, did powder coat our chassis, working with them, powder coating some parts through, through our business, which is awesome. You know, it's, it's good to tie things back together. Uh, Buck Lake Lodge is an outpost. Check them out at fishbucklake.com. If you're looking for something other than a racetrack, go visit, want to go do some incredible fishing and, and get away from maybe technology for a week. They're up in Ontario, Canada. Uh, what a getaway that place is. So, um, got CJ Milliken, uh, and Brian Woodall put a ton of effort in on my car this year, helping turn wrenches and helping at the track and making sure things are ready to go. Uh, I can't thank those guys enough. My dad, my mom for their support, my wife, my three kids, um, boy, they tolerate me being awfully busy during the summer. I can say that. And, uh, but they they also enjoy the win. I, uh, I Brock Gannis was nice enough to give us the Eat Race Win Trophy to bring home, so all three kids were able to have a trophy in their room last oh, night from Super awesome. Shoe. Uh, so that's awesome. So they were all pretty happy. Uh, so great group of people that that help us and and keep us moving forward. And you know, looking forward to seeing what next year's schedule start to shape up like and. Yeah, I think it's going to be a tough year. You know, every race we went to, like you said, was a big race, and the best of the best showed up to them. So. Well, Adam, man, again, congratulations. Super Shoe, mark it off the list. Uh, Kalamazoo Speedway champion, now a Super Shoe champion. Um, I don't know, man. That career is really – you're building. What's next? Who knows? We're, well, we're only missing one big one at, at Kalamazoo Speedway. You know, to me, it's uh, the Intimidators, the yeah. Clash, and Super Shoe. Are there three marquee events? And uh, – uh, we've managed to get two of those now in the last couple of years, so let's see if we can maybe check that third one off next knock, year. Knock the big one down for sure. Adam, man, thank you so much for the time tonight. Always a pleasure to chat with you. Uh, congratulations once again, man. We appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. Well, glad to get a chance to talk to Adam. And, um, man, you, I would think Super Shoe Nationals, I, would, I was surprised to learn that this was his first. Yeah, I we, we had talked to him after he picked up the championship uh, a couple of years ago at Kalamazoo, and you know we knew he had some big wins out there. But uh, checks one more off the list, one more to go, one and then more to maybe, go. Yeah, is is Adam gonna? That's the one thing. What if he? We didn't we didn't ask him that. What if he picks off that other one? Is is it time to hang up the helmet or just go get? Oh some come on! It can't be time, can <laughs> it? I don't know. And then revisiting that crash with uh, with Kevin, man, you go back and you look at those pictures and you still just, it's hard to believe that a driver walked out of that race car and, and, and was fine, virtually, you know, unscathed after that hit that we saw. Yeah, I remember the first, I, I remember when I saw it and I looked at it and I was like, I didn't want to read the rest of it because exactly. I saw the picture. Yeah. And um, because just look at the picture was enough. And I had not seen a race car. I don't know that there's another race car that I've seen um, that bad in a photo in my recent memory. I, yeah. I haven't seen it. No, for sure. All right, Rich, it is uh, time to get caught up. We posted this last week. We apologize for being late. But uh, we did get another round of Gary Did You Know posted to social media. And some people did take a swing at it, Rich France. Yep, so let's get started to quiz 
for this month's quiz, September's quiz. Question number one, Zach. And I probably could have got this just knowing if you just know Gary and what he's around, what he's been around a lot of his life, you might have been able to get this one. All right. What was what was George Roberts' favorite kind of car to drive? Now, I, I was out. I, I had no clue. Well, I knew just from talking to Gary, he always talked about super modifieds, and the answer was super modified. So I'd have had probably a 50-50 chance of guessing it correctly. Would you like to give us the actual answer? Super modified. Oh, that's right. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Super modified. That's the correct answer. I, I, I was I was looking for Brad Bergevin's answers, which he does not have this weekend because his notepad was lost somewhere at Super Shoe. So See, what did I tell you? What what happens at Super Shoe stays at Super Brad, Shoe. Brad, right? Brad, all of the right answers are probably on that notepad somewhere. Uh, probably. <laughs> all right. Question number two. Question number two. Who would you consider the longest-running sponsor at the Berlin Raceway? I love the play on words on this one. I wish we'd have got more people to uh, take a swing at this. And the answer for question number two is model coverall. Model coverall. Get it? Coverall. They're the longest. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Did he I, give us I a date it. how long they went back uh, as a sponsor there? No, he didn't. No, he did not. He did not tell us that, yeah, did he? that would have been pretty cool. All right, question number three. This one, this one I really like this one. Yeah, well, every every answer I saw, everybody got it. So it wasn't. It I guess it wasn't too hard. That's probably why I liked it. <laughs> this former <laughs> former street stock driver now promotes a racetrack in Michigan, and raced a Ford Granada. Name the driver and the racetrack. Of course, Mr. Gene. And, yep, and the answer: Gene Hedrickson from Mid Michigan Raceway Park. I bet so, he would still get behind the wheel of a race car if anybody would let him. Yeah, I so I, I saw about three or four answers from from race fans that got this correct. So that must have been right up their alley. Let's wrap it up, Zach. Question number four. Yeah, let's do big, it. Big Bill Yunkin was an open-wheel modified, open-wheel car owner and had three well-known drivers. Name them. First one, um, Butler Motor Speedway regulars should recognize Ralph Donaldson, uh, right? So that 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 one should, should uh, stick out to you. The next two, I'm out. Yeah, I I wouldn't have gotten any of them. So just because you you have a little because of your connection with Butler, you got one. I would have been over three on this. But uh, Louis Stamen and Billy Yunkin, Louis Stamen and Billy Yunkin, the last two. Ralph Donaldson was correct, Zach. You get a third of a point. You know what? I bet that's Louis Steeman. and and I bet he yep. is related to. Uh, I bet he's related to. Um, oh man. Gosh, what is what is his name? I'm thinking of his son's name, Justin Steeman. Uh, but anyhow, uh, I, bet, I wonder if Louis is the grandfather and the father of multi-time champion, uh, track champion out there at Butler, whose name I can't remember, Rich. That just occurred to me. I wish I had I thought about that. I bet you this. it is. What are the odds? I, I should have looked that up, man. Uh, so that's two connections out there. So. Yeah. Um, man, that's that's a bummer. Well, all right, nobody got this week. Uh, so a Horsepower Happenings prize pack stays safely tucked away in the office here at uh, Horsepower Happenings Enterprises Incorporated offices. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, look out uh, third week. See what I did there? Look out. Third week of the month, uh, we'll get the Gary Did You Know quizzes. We'll have them here on Horsepower Happenings, and then look for the graphic on social media. If you can get all the questions right, you'll get a Horsepower Happenings prize pack that includes a ball cap and a sticker and a koozie, all for just getting the uh, Gary Did You Know questions answered got, correctly. Got to get them all, though. Got to get them all. Got to get them all. 
All right, Rich, let's talk about some other things that happened over the weekend. We almost had a different lineup of guests uh, for Horsepower Happenings this week, but issues with a lap car coming to take the checker handed things over to Rusty Schlank. He picked up the super late model win at the Katie Hudson late model show, Bob Wilson Memorial at Mount Pleasant Speedway, Rich. Logan Nickerson had her in the bag. And just got tangled up uh, on the final lap with a lap car. And so that handed things over to Rusty. And uh, second time that he has won that event, second consecutive time. Myron DeYoung took home the IMCA Modified Honors. And Nate Murphy picked up the Street Stock and Pro Stock A feature wins. And it was a pretty good weekend for old Mr. Slank, wasn't it? Sure was. Uh, then he made the trip down to Oakshade Raceway and pulled the double for the weekend. Zach taking the UMP late model win down at the Oakshade Raceway. And Josh Robertson grabbed the Sportsman A feature win. Just some of the winners that we had in the short schedule this weekend. Uh, by the way, let's talk about this, too, uh, because we're going to talk Bertrand Speedway coming up here in just a moment. David McManus, champion at Bertrand Speedway over the weekend. So, um, three in a row, I think, Three for David. in a row, I do believe. So uh, what, a, what a big weekend for them and, and for him. Um, they're going to keep racing at Bertrand Speedway. We'll talk about that more coming up. All right, Rich, time to move on to uh, one of the other pavement races that happened this weekend. You thought Super Shoe was it. You were mistaken uh, over on the east side of the state. Birch Run Speedway was in action, and uh, they were crowning champions and race winners left and right. This guy got the race win. He makes his home in Bridgeport, Michigan. First time ever appearance for him. You may recognize the last name because of his wife, Scott Qual. Welcome on to Horsepower Happenings. How's it going, guys? Hey, so good, man, and, and glad to get a chance to talk to you. Uh, your wife had the limelight there uh, for quite some time because of that downright awesome modified event, which we're going to talk about a little bit more. But now we're going to give you some time to shine, man, because that modified, uh, you didn't get to take it out as much as you'd like to this year. But, man, she was on a rail over the weekend at Bertrand Speedway. Um, and, and that place is not the easiest to get a hold of to get a car on the rails. Uh, talk to me about how your weekend went. It was good. Uh, you know, I grew up around Bertrand Speedway there and seen the half mile being built. So luckily I got a lot of time around there. In 2018, I ran there full time. So we got a little bit of laps to get used to it there. What is it about this racetrack? Uh, you know, you talk about that half mile that, that was built there. We've seen this with the template cars where, you know, turns one and two are so different than turns three and four. And that's what a lot of guys talk about. It's hard to get through three and four. It's hard to get off turn two. What is, I mean, how this racetrack, what have you found in it that's made you good there? You know, if you can get through three and four and one and two, really, you just kind of got to run the line. It kind of reminds me of, it's starting to feel a little bit like Berlin, too. Really? Yeah, it's losing traction and I, big sweeping corner and one and two and three and four, just use the arc and all that good stuff. And it, it's really feeling kind of like Berlin in a way. Huh. And, and are you able to use any of that from Berlin and vice versa at this point, or is it still too soon? No, I use relatively the same driving style at Berlin, you know, finesse and all that stuff. I love Berlin, too. We raced there for a season in 2017, and uh, we come back home for 2018, and then uh, I raced here and there. But uh, it's starting to get bumpy and lose traction. It's It's getting a lot funner now. I got to ask you, Scott, I was able to catch some of that race uh, because I played Don't Go to a Racetrack Rich this weekend. So I, I actually caught some of it on YouTube. And 
was there any point in the race? I mean, it, it looked like I, I kept watching. I'm like, man, he's just so good every single lap. Was was there a point getting down towards the end of that race where you're thinking, where are they? Because, <laughs> I mean, David McManus just couldn't make any ground, and he, he's usually one you got to battle for a win there. Yeah, for sure. I kept looking on the board and counting down the laps, and uh, I was waiting. I know Terry got a little close to me and had to battle with him a little bit and on the restart, and the restart I knew I had to make eight good laps to the finish, and that's what I did. And on that restart, I mean – you obviously probably did not want to see that last restart. No, you know, I didn't. I just wanted to keep my momentum and my uh, rhythm and just keep going. But, hey, it is what it is. I kind of expected it, really. I kind of expected it earlier than that. But, you know, that's racing. We're going to lead into something else where Zach can talk about it. But but tell me, I, I've Zach and I have been going to Birch Run for a few years now. And every single year, it seems like they do something that facility uh, – just to make it nicer and and it's you know you can probably say this about a few different tracks but it's it's one of the premier facilities in the state now don't you think oh yeah for sure and luckily for me it's five minutes down the road so uh i hope to race there a little more next year yeah what was the um what was the the, the setback i don't want to call it a setback but you know, you build these race cars and you put them together and there's so much money to build and then so much money to run and operate um was there, I guess, what was the holdup this year for not getting to, to race as much as you'd like? I mean, you look at my race pass, it shows two events, both of them at Bertrand Speedway. Uh, I'm sure there were some other ones in there, too, that weren't, didn't make it to my race pass. But um, how, why was it so hard to get that one car out this year? Well, me and the wife decided to start a fab shop. So we're starting a welding fabricating business, Bigfoot Metalworks. I've been a fabricator for 22 years, so I decided it was my time to shine. So, uh, Stepped out on my own, and uh, it's taken up a lot of my free time, so I don't get to work on the car as much as I'd like to. So we raced uh, one time at Berlin and then three times at Bertrand, and the two times, well, the one time at Bertrand, I had a part failure. The brakes broke. We didn't have brakes. Seen how the car sat for a month. Ah, that'll do it. Well, and so. Yep, yep. And, and, and well, I guess let's talk about that personal side, too. Um, you do the same thing for so long and now you decide it's time to, to do it for trying to make a little money. Uh, racing does get kind of put on the back burner. How, how has that gone there? Uh, stepping out on your own. It's going good. I mean, you can't claim business. Everybody says it's like a roller coaster. It is for sure. I'm learning that very quickly. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I mean, I'd like to race a little more next year. Hopefully the business is rolling decently enough that I can step away for a few more weekends next year you got those kid and you got those kids in race cars uh in the mini wedges now you're gonna have to teach them how to weld <laughs> ah they're girls hopefully they're just on the business side <laughs> Their husbands can hey, run into hey now wait a minute girls can weld i'm almost sure of it so uh you know let's uh, let's not put that on the back burner too quick um but you know what let's let's get back to to the racing side of things because not only did you guys decide to step on your own and do do your own business um you also helped promote one of the largest races in America, let alone one of the largest modified races in the country. Uh, of course, everybody remembers that with the downright awesome modified event this year with the support of Wheeler Trucking, an event that actually uh, you took on a new role for this year to be a part of. Tell us about that. Well, I was, uh, me and Nick were in the race director and we just kind of organized, helped the wife organize and just kind of do whatever we needed to 
to do. I helped the father on tech and, uh, as we weren't busy enough, you know, with two kids and a race chair and new business, you know, we <laughs> decided to throw that in too. So, you know, it's not like we have a whole lot of free time around here, but it's for a good cause. And, you know, it, it's worth doing. We like doing the event cause you know, we like to go smoothly and all that. And I mean, it, it's cool. It's the biggest event in the United States for modifieds. So hopefully, uh, we get a few extra travelers this year and make it even bigger. I wanted to talk about, and Rich, I'll, I'll get to you in just, sorry, just a second. Your, your decision was a little delayed. Um, w- that weekend, starting it with Friday and the mini wedges and making that, trying to make that as big of a deal as the rest of the stuff, um, how fun was that? How cool was that to watch the kiddos and the parents? I know sometimes the parents can add a little stress to that division that sometimes is unnecessary, but... Those kids just had a blast uh, with them being center stage on Friday night. Talk about that. Yeah, I mean, that's what we got to do. We got to start the kids young, and that's our future of the sport. So we like to bring them, you know, up and have a big night for them in the spotlight, you know, and all the rest of the drivers can hang out and watch the kids and relax, kind of, I guess you'd say, before the big race the next day. I, 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 I'm more curious about – I remember the first one, Scott, and – Man, and it, and it was like, man, this is pretty cool if they can do this every year. And then it doubled, right? Was That could not have been the initial plan, was it? No, it wasn't. I mean, uh, we all want to go a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And then, uh, well, you know, with uh, Down syndrome awareness, we want to do 21 chromosomes or, and uh, 21,000 wins. So it just kind of happened, and Rhett stepped up to plate and helped us out a little bit, and the rest is history. And you so guys, get, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so any pressure, it, I, I'm, I'm assuming you guys got, it's a little early because we're just wrapping up 2023, but uh, is 2024 looking to be the exact same thing? Let me cut in here. Let me cut in here because Rich has not been on social media this evening. I already know I the answer. Uh, Scott, you guys just released this about an hour ago, uh, the details and the date and all that stuff. Uh, so go ahead and help us break it here on Horsepower Happenings for those who haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's going to be June 1st is the actual race with practice Friday the 31st of uh, May and then June 1st, the big race. And uh, it's going to be 21,000 again, 1,500 to start, 100 laps for the mods, and then 2,100 to win for the pure stocks. So there you go, Rich. So <laughs> hey, that's what I, that's Scott, that's what I get for having a real job and I can't hang around <laughs> on social media all the time and get all the good stuff. Right, I hear you. But, you know, there was some concern after that event that we might not see it come back just because, you know, we weren't sure. There was discussion about, you know, we're we're done promoting it, right, because it was so big. It was so much uh, stress and hassle. Um, So how's it going to work this year? How how, how are things going to go? I know that you and Nick kind of wish that you could have raced in the event rather than, you know, you loved what you were able to do for it, but you also wish you could have competed in it. So how how is that back-end thing uh, kind of falling into place well i mean i'm sure me and nick will be race directors again I, me and the wife's talked about it and uh we're uh we're gonna do the race director and uh help out birch run wherever we can and get our group of volunteers to help birch run and use their staff where we can and just kind of all work together and make it a successful event again it takes all of us you know that's the thing i mean it is very stressful for i mean planning obviously started before this we announced it so it's a year and you know from one year to another so it keeps you busy and it's stressful and i mean people don't see the behind the scenes of promoting the race and especially in that magnitude trying to get everybody there and organized and 
we had 50 sits modified last year and trying to get them all rolled through tech and everything uh, organized. Yeah. It, you know, no downtime for the fans because, you know, I'm a fan too. And I hate when cars aren't on the track or there's something not going right. And, you know, I'm the one in the race you were yelling or this year. And, <laughs> how, what, how important too is it? I mean, we give the modifieds a lot of love, but you see these guys race week in and week out. That pure stock division, I think is a great support for this, uh, for this race. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we get a bunch of cars, you know, I'd like to have a A and B main for them guys too. You know, and uh, it's a great black and blue division, you know, a little bit of bumping, rubbing. <laughs> That's a great way fans, to describe you know? it. That is a great way I to mean, describe really, it. I mean, really, you know, I, it'll be a awesome race, I'm sure. Uh, so hopefully we get them guys out in uh, big numbers and help out the mods and, you know, kind of promote them too and have a nice race and fun race. And, I mean, everywhere, you know, the Children's Hospital, they're the winners and downright us or Down Syndrome's you know, awareness and we'll, we hope to they're watch uh, Facebook and all that. You know, we're going to announce a bunch of other stuff, you know, for, for the downright awesome community. You know, we're going to focus more on them this year. I think that's the plan. Well, let's talk about another racetrack that's over that way that we, we've been talking about a lot this year. And I think that it's uh, probably close to your heart, obviously, because uh, Rex uh, helping you out with this event. Uh, he's been a sponsor on your race car in the past. You're, you're a former tra- track champion at Owasso Speedway. Um, kind of sitting back and being able to watch that transformation as a fan, not so much as somebody who's racing there a lot this year because of because of your other commitments. How do you take all that in, man, and, and how eager are you to get over there and, and unload a race car again? You know, I went over there in practice one night. I had a free night, and I went out there in practice. I was going to try to run the Nationals, but just work came involved, and all that, but man, that place is awesome now. Hey, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I ended up going to watch the nationals. I only watched two or three races out there all year, but what he's doing out there is pretty awesome. And I know Rhett, he, he likes nice things and that track will be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's very obvious um, that, that he likes nice things because that racetrack, the physical surface, uh, I think Chase Berta, was it Chase Rich? I can't remember uh, who said it may be the nicest road in Michigan because that thing is, is darn yeah. nice. Yeah, that, that track is awesome. It it almost like if you blindfolded me and took me there and when I was practicing, there's no marks I used to go by or anything. It felt like a completely different track. There's no lights hanging that or hanging there, you know, two years ago when I raced there. It's just it's crazy what he's done for the place. I hey mean, man, that's such a I'm great point. The future. We we have not asked anybody about that, I don't think, Rich. Yeah, all of those old markers that you used to use to set your car, to apply the brakes, to lift off the throttle those all being gone again i know you didn't get a chance to run there and race trim but i mean do you throw everything out the window and just start over yeah i mean for sure it feels like a completely different track i mean for now it's pretty one groove on the bottom but i I think another two or three years the outside will come back but uh i hope it comes back it will i'm sure but yeah that that place is it's totally different i mean it's uh you'd almost think it was a brand new track and it's it kind of is, the, yeah, and the cool the cool thing that I like is you have two tracks that are not far apart from each other, and Jason and Rex are doing a great job of working together and and doing all that they can not to step on each other's toes, which is I I think very important for for all of Mid Michigan because really that's where you're drawing people from, and now you're drawing them from all over the place wanting to come up and see these racetracks. 
Yeah, I mean, what they're doing the short track racing around here. I mean, I mean, UL's and I, I know five six years ago that I mean, pavement tracks around here were pretty much dead, but they're starting to come back, and people are building more mods and more pure stocks and super late models. I, I mean, who would have thought they got forty? What did they get? Fifty something for the nationals? You know, I mean, who would have thought we'd seen that in the last ten years? Well, and I think that's just, uh, you know, the way that this sport is is evolving. And when you talk about this, too, I think, and we've, we've talked about it quite a bit on this show, but five, six racetracks changed hands over the winter. And, uh, you know, as of right now, four, four if, it, if, it was, if it was five, four of the five are still operating under new ownership. That's unheard of. And uh, these new owners are dumping money into these racetracks and into these facilities, and they're trying to make them better. Um, it feels good right now, I think, the outlook of, of, of racing in Michigan if we can keep the pace, right? If we can just keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's gonna, I mean, I'm excited as a race fan or a racer, you know, business owner. And, you know, I'm hoping to grow and support the tracks a little bit, you know, by sponsorship and all that stuff with the business and other guys that race too. I'll sponsor their cars too. Once we get bigger, hopefully. And, uh, I mean, I'm excited for the future, you know, between Owasso, I'm, I'm going to make it there next year for sure, hopefully. <laughs> oh, did you catch that? I, I mean, I'm going to make it there, hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know how it is. It just, you know, you got to you gotta pay the bills first, and That's then right. we can go racing. But I'm, I'll uh, I'll make it there one or two times. I'll uh, I'll run there for sure, but. Well, man, uh, yeah. Scott, let, let's let's the family side of this is what I wanted to get into right now. Um, you kind of have a rare thing here where you got the kids involved, you got the wife involved, you're obviously involved. Um, spearheading this family thing and kind of the the I don't know if you can call it a tradition yet, but just the way that everybody's involved in what you're doing and. You know the the sport is kind of kind of yours. I think people think okay, you know it's 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 the father or the husband's sport first. But the way that you are able to keep everybody involved in what you do and and what your family does, kind of talk about that. How you're able to race as a family and and how how much fun that is. Well, my wife she grew up racing with her dad Neil May. I mean everybody knows Neil May, but uh, she lived at the racetrack for her whole life, and then we met and. She wants to race more than I do, I think. Uh, and then, <laughs> I mean, really, she she's all about it. And then uh, the daughters, I mean, she's three right now. And if you ask her any night, what do you want to do? She'll say, go to the racetrack. Got the mini got wedge ready? There. Yep. She, she, she's ready. Oh, we don't have a mini wedge yet. She's a little young for that, but we've been racing power wheels here and there. My, my, so, my, uh, my daughter is three, and every time I see a mini wedge come up, uh, she'll be four in January, I wonder... Is it too soon? Should I buy it now and get her driving it around the yard so she's comfortable? So when she's five, she's ready to hit the track. Uh, you know. Yep. Oh yeah, that's probably what we'll end up doing that summer is getting one, or I'll, I'll build one. I most likely will build one, but uh, in my you know free time that I have. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but I like building my own stuff, so that way you know what you got. But uh, no, I mean it's it's a great family sport for us and you know i got friends that come and hang out and help us out and all that good stuff and it just i don't know you know i don't know else what we'd be doing really i mean all the time i say i want to quit but because <laughs> it's so busy but but i don't really know what else normal people do i guess it's the most addicting drug that's out there isn't it yeah it is for sure i think sometimes uh you know <laughs> it's it's just it's 
consumes your life. But I don't, like I said, I don't know what else we'd do. Well, Scott, congratulations on picking up the win uh, at Birch Run on Championship Night in your modified. Uh, now's your chance, man, to give a shout out, and I'm sure you're going to shout out to some of the people we've already discussed. But that's fine. Uh, everybody that helps you out and makes it possible for you to get up and down the road. Well, you know, my wife and uh, my crew, Jimmy and Jet Rarney and everybody uh, that comes helps during the week. And then, uh, you know, uh, Precision Fleet, Doug at Precision Fleet, he's one of my good sponsors, friends, and uh, Jaws Import Auto and Bigfoot Metalworks, you know. <laughs> that's uh, pretty much who helps us. How good did it feel to to get back in victory lane? Um we talk about this sometimes when, when guys have been away from the sport or have gone through a dry spell, you kind of had both uh, by, by virtue of being away from the sport more than you wanted to be. And, and so because of that, you haven't been in victory lane as much or, or as often as you'd like to be. What was the, what was the release or, or what was the feeling when, when, you know, the lap marker finally hit 35 or hit zero and uh, your name was at the top of the pylon? That was a good feeling. You know, it's probably been, well, it's been two years since I won a modified feature. I won a Pierce Dot feature driving for my buddy Kyle last year at a Wassel, but uh, it's been two years since I won a modified feature. So that, that felt good. I mean, betters can't be choosy, but I only raced three times really this year and got a feature win. So, I mean, I'm pretty lucky in that aspect, you know? Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, is the season wrapped up for you now, or do you, I mean, I, I know when you're thinking about modified racings that's coming up, you probably think about the run for the gun at, at Winchester, maybe, and then after that, I don't know what would be left. Uh, are, are you putting the car away? Well, Birch Run's got an invite this Oh, weekend. that's right, that's right, so I'm I, sorry. Yes. I mean, uh, right now it's looking like I'm going, if nothing comes up, so uh, we'll finish up the season there, and then... Uh, Everybody's on me about going to Winchester. Eh, we'll we'll wait a little bit yet. On that. <laughs> uh, risk versus reward for Winchester Speedway. So, um, yes, sir. I'd I'd love to go down there, but we're gonna wait a few years here. All right, man. Well, hey, uh, congratulations. Uh, you know, picking up that win at, at Birch Run, and yeah, man, we'll have to get you some apprentices or something so you can be behind the wheel more next year because uh, obviously you still got what it takes. So. Um, there we go. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, Scott, thank you yep. for making time for us tonight, man. Uh, good luck with the season. Good luck with the business uh, throughout the quote-unquote off-season. And uh, also good luck to you and the fam for putting this race together um, because, you know, preparation's already starting. It's all, it's October 2nd, and uh, so you got a solid six months or so to get this thing really wrapped in and, and put together. So good luck with that, too. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Good talking with you. All right, glad to get a chance to talk to Scott, knock one off the list that we haven't talked to before, so uh, so glad to speak with him. Uh, Rich, upcoming races this weekend, we teased it right before we talked to Scott, and he gave us a little bit more information as well. First annual Laps and Legends Night is coming up this weekend at Birch Run Speedway and Event Center, and uh, this will be kind of the cap Friday and Saturday, the inaugural Laps and Legends event. Uh, Friday features practice for all divisions from 1 to 7 p.m. with a party in Gas Alley, one of our favorite places to be. Yes, uh, sir. Gas Alley will feature Keegan Jacko on the stage performing. And then Saturday, crowning of the Wheeler Trunking Friday Night Thunder Modified Champion. And, yes, this is the Friday Night Thunder Champions crowned on Saturday at Bertrand Speedway, as well as 
the uh, Mini Wedge Junior and Senior Division champs, the rescheduled Amber, uh, I'm going to slaughter this Amber's family, I'm sorry, Amber Luzinski Memorial uh, for the uh, presented by Racing for Suicide Awareness is also on tap with trophies for all divisions. That's on Saturday. There will also be a silent auction and raffles and all sorts of stuff going on. Plus the uh, Friday Night Thunder Modifieds and Mini Wedges, as we talked about, limited late models, street stocks, uh, trucks, pure stock, sport compacts, and figure eights will also be in action. Hot laps at one, gates at four, and racing begins at six o'clock at Bertrand Speedway on Saturday night. And if uh, there's still some more pavement racing in our area on Saturday night, Toledo's Saturday afternoon, actually. Yeah. Toledo Speedway, the Arkham Menard Series Championship Shore Lunch 200 for the Arkham Menard Series uh, is on tap on Saturday afternoon. The Outlaw Super Late Models also at Toledo Speedway. 50 laps, $3,500 to win for the Outlaws. Uh, gates and practice open at 1045, Zach. I'm going to have to go to bed early on Friday night. <laughs> uh, qualifying for the Outlaw Super Late Models at 1230. Ar Arkham Menards General Tire Pole qualifying at 1. Outlaw Super Late Model feature will go off at 130. Then we'll have an autograph session, a one-hour autograph session for the Arkham Menards Series drivers at 215 followed by pre-race ceremonies, and then the green flag for the Shore Lunch 200 at 4 p.m. on Saturday at Toledo. And if that's not enough, uh, yes, all the races this weekend are on Saturday because football season is well in for high school football. Uh, if you want to get your dirt fix, you want to get your sprint car fix, Saturday night, NRA, GLSS, the finale, uh, 360 wing sprint cars, the last one of 2023. We head for Waynesfield Raceway Park. It'll also include... The USAC Midgets, UMP Modifieds, Compacts, and Trucks all in action. Pits at 1.30, Gates at 3, Practice at 4.30, and Racing begins at 5.30. An early program, which is going to be good, Rich, because I don't know if you've looked at the schedule of uh, weather events for this weekend. It's going to be sunny, but it's going to be chilly uh, this weekend. Autumn is going to come in full blast, so grab your sweatshirts and your racing coats because they're going to be making all sorts of horsepower but we're going to be chilly while we're watching it this weekend. So That's why I am so glad about that 4 o'clock start at Toledo. Yeah, yeah. 5.30 p.m. That, that should not be so bad, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, 5.30 p.m. start should get us out of there by at least midnight. Because <laughs> it's dirt track racing, so you never know how things are going to go. Uh, but that'll do it for, uh, man, does that put a bow on our regular season schedule for you and I? Because now, after this weekend... Winchester and uh, All American, I think, are what are what keep us going. Yeah, uh, I don't know anything else on my schedule. <laughs> yeah, that's what it, that's what it looks like. <laughs> I knew I had Toledo coming up this week, and then uh, Winchester the following weekend for three days. So yeah, that's and then a couple of weeks, at, three weeks after that, we head down to Nashville for All American Four Hundred weekend. So yeah. Yeah, that's what it looks like, doesn't it? That's going to be good. So get out there, find a race to go to this weekend. You might have to travel a little bit, but it'll be worth your money. And, and how cool, too, ARCA Championships coming back to Toledo. Rich, you just had an epiphany. Yeah, I just – so Crystal was going to have a race this weekend. Oh, yes, that's right. I they forgot canceled, about that. They canceled because of the cold weather. They may reschedule and do it October 14th. So they're going to look at the weather and see if they can reschedule that. If it's going to be warm and in the 60s, uh, which I hear it's going back up after this little snap that we're going to have. Uh, Crystal may have another night in yet. All right. We'll see what happens. Uh, that's going to do it for tonight. Special thanks to, of course, our guests, Scott, Scott Quall and Adam Terry. 
making time to join us. Rich Brantz for uh, helping us put the show together. I'm Zach Heiser. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of Horsepower Happening. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. The views and opinions expressed in tonight's show may not directly reflect that of Horsepower Happenings. The contents of this program may not be reproduced, retransmitted, or disseminated without the express written consent of Horsepower Happenings. Follow Horsepower Happenings on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, and iTunes to keep up on what's happening.